Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Over the last year, I've often, how often have we been in a situation where you said, I cannot do this anymore, where life is too hard? The situation has not turned out as I expected, and it's just life is too difficult. How did you react to those around you? What Christ-like qualities did others see in us when we were going through these times of travels? I have to say that of many occasions where I've just said I've had enough, or there are many occasions where I've probably not shown the right Christ-like qualities. I've got angry, I've got frustrated, and I've wanted to walk away from the situation, as I said. But James tells us, firstly, to be kingdom people who are patient. I've, how often have you heard the saying that patience is a virtue? And in verse 7 and 8, James says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. I don't know about you, but um, there's certainly be times where I'm probably not the most patient of people. My wife would testify to that, and probably so for my kids. Especially when people are taking their time or, and making decisions, or things are just not happen, happening quickly enough. I often look for ways of how I can speed a process up or make things happen. See, James was writing to a Christian community who were living under severe pressure. They were living under severe oppression and persecution and to, for those around them, and especially the wealthy that were persecuting them. James encourages them to be patient until the coming of the Lord, which he believed is at hand. James used an example of a farmer who was in a desperate situation, who needed his harvest to grow, but there was no hope of rain. There was no intimate hope of that rain coming. And certainly for him, the future he didn't see the future of his harvest coming. The farmer would have to wait and trust in God that the rains would come and he would get his harvest. The point that James is making here is that you cannot hurry the sowing, the growing, the harvesting process. But you do need to trust when the time is right and the harvest will come. See, James assures us that God is always on time. And generally, from my experience, it's generally the 11th hour. We cannot hurry, hurry at any processes when God is concerned. And, and we must put our full trust in God's timing and intervention. That's easier said than done, isn't it? The farmer, see, must wait patiently for the crops to grow. He doesn't take the summer off, though. He has to continue to tend to the field to enable those crops to grow. And there's much work to do at, during this period of time. See, in the same way, we're told by James to be patient for Christ's return. And we cannot just make him come any quicker just because we want it to happen. See, we've all been divinely commissioned to, and equipped to advance God's kingdom. And I believe that during this time of waiting, and we, which we are at the moment, are we not? In this time of COVID, we're waiting. 
that God is active and he's doing something new. That God is active and he, he wants us to prepare for sharing the good news of the kingdom and make disciples. How often have we become discouraged because we're not seeing people come to faith? Or seeing people's lives um, and situations change because we pray for them or it's just not happening quick enough? How often have we become impatient because our prayers are seemingly becoming unanswered and not in the timescales that we expected? See, James encourages us to be the kingdom people of God who are patient. Kingdom people put their full trust in God in all situations. See, God is at work even though we don't see it. And that's exactly what we're seeing at the moment. This is what God is saying to us. Be church, be patient. I'm at work. Trust in me. Secondly, I believe that James is saying to us, we need to be a kingdom people who are patient in the face of suffering. That's easier said than done, isn't it? How often have we been in a situation where our life seems out of control? As I said, the pandemic is a prime example of that at this moment in time. It's affecting all of us. It's affecting the whole world. It's affecting our families. It's affecting relationships. It's affecting our church life. How often have you been in a situation where a family member is seriously ill? And I, as you know, many of you know that I lost my mum just before Christmas. And that was a painful process of watching her coming to the end of her life. But I believed and I know that God was in it and he's still in it with us now as we journey to continue in that process of just that place of mourning. How many of us are going through those tough times at the moment where God is saying to us, we need to be patient in that time of suffering? Maybe we have a, a friend of ours or maybe even our own children or one of our children yeah, are, are, are ill. That's not easy, is it? In verses 10 and 11, James gives us an example of patient suffering. And he says this, for, for examples of patient suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honour to those who endure in suffering. For instance, you know about Job, who was a real man of great endurance. You see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. And the Lord was full of tenderness and mercy towards him. James told the church to be patient and take comfort, as they were not on their own in the midst of suffering. Reminded them of the faithful prophets of old that had stood fast in their faith during the midst of suffering. Prophets such as Moses, Elijah, Jeremiah, Job who went through great deals of suffering, pain, loss, but they still remain faithful and patient with God. Job suffered for no legitimate reason, and yet he committed his way to the Lord and trusted him. I believe that Job was an amazing witness, and he was blessed because of his patience and perseverance. God was compassionate and merciful to Job, and he was richly blessed by God in the end. I don't know about you, but when I read through Job, I'm not quite so sure that I can be like him or act like him. And, and maybe the people around us that are going through a great deal of suffering at the moment that we're seeing who are just standing fast. And it's not easy. And I know that from experience. But Job never gave up. And I believe that's what 
we've been called to this morning. We, if we really are going to be God's people and kingdom people, we need to be his witnesses during these times of suffering. We need to show who we're putting our trust in. People need to see Jesus in us, even in the midst of suffering, and it's not easy. So when we're going through those tough times, we need to put our trust in God in all situations. Even if we don't understand what's going on, even if we're not seeing God in it, even if we question if God is really there. Proverbs 3, 5 tells us this. Trust, us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Easier said than done, as I said before. When Megan was first born and um, between 24 hours of her being born, she was taken seriously ill. Um, she had a condition called Hirschsprung's disease, where the bowel doesn't form properly, and she was unable to, to, to go to the toilet, which effectively meant that she was backing up and she was poisoning her body. And that was a real painful time for Rachel and I, because within five days of being born, she was having a major operation, and they were, she was having a third of her bowel removed. And over 18 months, we were in and out of hospital time after time. I was trying to hold a job down. Rachel was also just, she was also very ill as well um, through the birth. And we went through some real times of pain and trial. And also I would say, and I know that we nearly lost Megan on a number of occasions. There was one point that the doctors wanted to give her bowel a rest and they put on they, an acclostomy for her. She, and she thrived on that colostomy for six months, but then they decided they're going to do a reversal. And it was one Easter. And they did this reversal, but within a few hours of having it done, it perforated. Megan was dying. And it was a really difficult time for us as a family. We prayed to God and we, we phoned up the church where we were at the time. They stopped their service and they prayed for two hours. And we were saying, what you know, Rachel and why we were struggling. Where are you, God, in this situation? But what I can say is God was with us. He comforted us in a time of worry and suffering. And to this day, we don't know what happened, but we do know that God had her in hand. And the surgeon didn't expect her to live, but she's a miracle child. We learned during these times of suffering to rely on God and within those t times of suffering, we just waited and were patient. It's during these times that we need to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do or say in this situation? In these times, what do people see when we are struggling? What, how do we show that we're coping? How do we show who we put our trust in? My friend um, who journeyed with us during that time, asked me, how are you coping with all of this? And I just said, I'm putting my faith in God and my trust in him. And he was blown away by that. And I think that for us was something that was really important to us is that we showed who we trusted in. God was at work and he was in control. Throughout Jesus' life, when things got tough, he took time out to be with his closest friends. He took time out. He confided in them. 
about his worries, about his struggles. And I think time at church, we need to come together and share and be vulnerable with each other when we're struggling and suffering and comfort each other. And as we now come up, this is the first Sunday of Lent, we're reminded of Jesus' suffering as he, as he came up to the cross, his pain and, and, and all the things he endured at the cross. I believe that we quite often see Jesus going off to be in that quiet place as he did in Gethsemane and pray to his father when he was in trouble. We need to come to God in prayer. We need to come to God in our knees and pray to him. Our troubles may not go away, but he will give us the strength that we need to get through it. See, God values us putting our faith and trust in him in all situations and come to him in prayer. As a kingdom people, we're called to be his witnesses. A kingdom people, we're called to show his Christ-like qualities through the power of his Holy Spirit. That's the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The same Holy Spirit that lives in you and me and enables us to have hope no matter what we're facing. The Holy Spirit that enables us to get through anything that life throws at us. And thirdly and finally, we're called to be a kingdom people who stand firm. How often have you gone through times of suffering and a situation has not gone right because of, of, because of our faith, because we've stepped out in faith and, and we are following the will of God? In verse 10, James says, for example, examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We've been called to speak out in the name of the Lord. We've been called to speak out against injustice and discrimination. We've been called to speak out about for those who don't have the voice, the poor, the needy, the hungry, the, the, the isolated. We've been called to speak out and demonstrate our faith in Jesus and further his kingdom. See, James believed as a result of being patient and enduring suffering, we will be blessed. And verse 10 directly correlates to the Sermon on the Mount of Matthew 5 in verse 12. And it says, be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets who were persecuted the same way. Suffering and persecution does not make me feel blessed. And I'm sure it doesn't you. And the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus does say that we will bless when we go through these things because of him and because of our faith. And do you know, it's our allegiance to an identification with Jesus that often brings us in direct battle with the devil. Hence, we will go through times of trouble and persecution because of who we're following and because we're following his will in our lives. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying that God allows things to happen just for the sake of it. I not believe that God makes things happen so that we can suffer for the kingdom. But I do believe that he uses those situations to us to rely on him more and trust in him. And our faith quite often grows. And I found that from my own experience. We often forget as followers of Jesus that we're in this spiritual battle. And the devil is doing all he can to undermine our faith and our relationship with each other and with God. We need to stand firm in our faith. And Paul reminds us in Ephesians 3 to, be, to stand strong. In the Lord, because he's a mighty power. Put our full armour of God on, so that each of you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of dark, the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If we truly are going to be the people in the kingdom of God, and kingdom people, let's reflect and consider what aspects of our lives make us so clearly identifiable with being a follower of Jesus? What is it that people see in you and me that makes us stand out? So when we go through those tough times, we're going through these times of suffering, they see who we have our faith in. I've often found the more I put my faith and trust in Jesus and when I follow his will, I believe that often we've been under more attack. And I quite often say the storm is raging and it's raging because we're doing something right. We need to remember that the powers will naturally oppose God's will in our lives. And they will do all they can to weaken each and every one of us and our faith in, in Jesus. We need to be a kingdom of people who endure for the sake of the gospel. Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount describes all the qualities that we need from those who follow him, and that's you and me. He's looking for us to show who we are and who our faith is in. Jesus told us that God blesses those who live their lives as he commanded them to. And Jesus' beatitudes are a constant reminder to us of what it means to be a kingdom people of God. And we are meant to be a blessing to others. When we go through times of suffering or trials, God uses them to refocus on him. He uses them to test the foundations of our faith and who we base our roots in. And we should take comfort knowing that when we follow God and his will, that we will go through times of suffering and pain for the gospel, but we will be blessed. And we need to be patient and stand firm and let's trust in, our, in God and, and be faithful and be an example to others. God uses our life experience for his good and for the good of the kingdom. And I can witness to the fact that God has used our experience, that whole awful experience with Megan in hospital, for us to come alongside people who are going through the same problems. We've been able to bless them and speak into their lives and into the situation. We have been called to be his witnesses. And each one of us has been given all the resources of heaven to endure anything that's thrown at us. The power of his Holy Spirit, his words. And we've been called to stand firm. Who live and act as God's witnesses in all situation. Stand firm in our faith even though we suffer. To be patient in, with God and with each other. And to be obedient to God's will and call on our lives even if that takes us in direct battle with the devil. Can I encourage each of you to think about a situation where you've struggled, and you may well be going through that now still, where God may well be helping you through, or he has helped you through. Can you share that story with someone? Could you share that as an encouragement this week? Could you bless somebody and be a witness to what God has done for you and, who he's, and how he's worked for you? Just as James did, I'd like us now to just pray. And can I just ask now that we just, um, just bow our heads and hold our hands out and just ask the Holy Spirit to come. And Holy Spirit, I pray you'll come now and minister us where we are. And if one or two of us are suffering, we are struggling, 
and we're going through real times of suffering at this moment in time. The Lord is here and he wants to comfort you and support you. Come Holy Spirit. You're not on your own. The Lord wants to bless you this morning. He wants to strengthen you and comfort you. But he's calling you to be patient. He's calling you just to wait on him. Pull on all the resources of heaven. Come Holy Spirit. I don't know if anyone here this morning is this, this sermon has resonated with them. But the Lord is saying, I love you and I'm here for you. And I'm not going to let you go. And we will get through this together.